I just love the music, and I love welcoming you to another episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show here on Creative Live. You guys know the show. This is where I usually sit down with the world's top creators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, and I unpack their brains to help you live your dreams and career and hobby and life. And you also know that every once in a while, I change it up, as I'm going to do today. I got something a little bit different for you, but I think you're going to find equal or maybe even more valuable than the normal format. As you may or may not know, I have a YouTube show on my uh, slash Chase Jarvis YouTube channel called The Daily Creative, and that's a show where I sit down and answer questions about the challenges that you're facing. That's right. It's a call-in show uh, answering your questions on your journey of becoming an aspiring, maybe even a professional creator. It's, it's like love line for creators, basically. It's full of like very tactical stuff. It's me sharing my personal stories about the challenges that I've seen in response to questions and along you know your journey. I've generally, in, we're all in this together. There's so many things that we share. And for every time you think you have a question that no one else has, there's probably a million people who have that question. And I'm telling you why I want to do this show today. And, you know, I got off stage at a keynote that I gave not too long ago, and several people in line there and the sort of the meet and greet were like, I love the Daily Creative. It's so awesome. You know, how can I get that in audio format? And I was like, you know what? That is a great idea. So in today's episode, I wanted to share a couple of the most popular questions and my answers to them. So you asked for an audio version, and I want to tell you that here it is. If, by the way, you like what you hear and you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, why don't you take a, take a visit over there, youtube.com slash Chase Jarvis. And by the way, if you want your question answered on that show, um, there is a phone number you can call. In. I'm going to give you that before we get started. That's 802-962-4357. Leave your question at the beep. And I'm going to start playing my responses or their questions and some of my responses on this show right now in three, two, and wait, wait, actually, before we do, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of Chase Jarvis Live Show is brought to you by Creative Live. Creative Live is the world's largest and best platform for creative and entrepreneurial education. And right now you're saying, wait a minute, isn't that the company that you started? Yes, it is. It is my company, but they make this show possible. And if you don't know anything about Creative Live, you must check it out. It's where Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, the best of the best teach photo, video, art design, music and audio, craft and maker, and the ability to make a living and a life in all of those disciplines. There is free content there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And there's also more than 10,000 hours of content for you to access on demand. You guys know I'm a huge believer in the power of daily habits. And today, Creative Live, as a part of the sponsor announcement, wants you to know that they have a new, very powerful way to make education a part of your daily routine. That would be the Creative Live iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV apps. They're all free, and they let you watch all of the Creative Live classes that are on air streaming for free, anything you already own, and on the iPhone and iPad apps, you can watch one daily lesson of your choosing for free. That is one of 25,000 lessons for free, which is super, <laughs> super gnarly. To get those apps, go to the App Store, uh, iTunes, and search Creative Live, or go to creativelive.com slash apps. There you go. Now, let's get into the show. My name is Megan. Hi, Megan. And my question is about burnout. Burnout. I recently took on a full-time day job, which I enjoy, but 
I feel like I'm losing focus on my personal business goals, and I'm wondering if you have any advice on how to regain focus on my business goals, keep focus on my day job, and not completely burn out. Got it. Thank you. You're awesome. All right. Here's the definition. Like Embedded in your question, I love this, and if you're out there, you feel scatterbrained at all, or you have to work in, a, in parallel with your passion, pay attention to the answer to this question. She's using the word focus, and she's like, can you focus on X, Y, Z? The definition of focus is to focus. <laughs> and so it's impossible. It's literally by definition, and if you've ever tried to focus on 10 things at once, it's impossible. And the science says this. We can't multitask. We, we have the term multitask, but what we end up doing is diluting our focus. And when we dilute our focus, we, 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 get, we get shitty at stuff. But you're not alone in this question, Megan. And the answer is probably unsurprising, but I'm going to put it in a tight little package here. You have what you called a day job, and then you called it your passion. So in your day job, you wanted to be able to be focused on your day job and your creative passions. You can't think of about you can't think of it in those in those ways. When I'm I'm going to um, sow into your question my belief, I'm going to say I make an assumption what I think you mean. You really love your passion, but you have obligations, you have mortgage payment, maybe kids, you got some some financial constraints that make it so you have to have a day job, or maybe you just want to have this creative stuff, your passion as a side hobby. I'm going to, I'm, because most of the audience really wants to do their passion full time, that's the way I'm going to frame your question, so I hope I'm, I'm making the correct assumption. When you, um, that's the best way of saying this, why do you have a full time job? If it's a money thing, look at how much money that provides you. Look at your list of expenses. Can you trim your list of expenses such that you don't have to work a full-time job? This is the first thing, this is the first filter that for people who are using the excuse of not following their passion, look at you're gonna die. You're going to die one day. At the end of this life, are you going to say you wish you made more money doing the boring, shitty job that you have so that you could kind of do the things that you cared about on the side? No. There, there are lots of studies of people who are dying and they say that that's not the thing that they think about on their deathbed. You're going to want to have followed your passion, your heart, your mind. So look at this list of expenses through that lens very carefully. What do I really need here? And then if you have some, you know, you're not established in your, in your creative career right now or you're not following your passions, what can you do to make that amount of money and just a little bit more for some cushion? And how can you rally, if you do have a family, how can you get them on your side? My understanding is that when people, they, they truly come out to the people in their lives about what they want, that the, the family, your friends, your peers, your parents will rally around you. You have to state what you actually want. Reduce your expenses. Find a job that makes that much and just a little bit more. Usually that's less than a full-time job. Sometimes it's in the evenings, waiting tables or bartending. Sometimes it's parking cars. Or sometimes it's something you can do on your own, transcription, coding, something like that. Part-time, compartmentalize the shit out of that thing that you don't love so that every other aspect of your life, all of your waking energy, the time, can be focused on the thing that you're passionate about. I mean, just by definition, passion, right? Wouldn't you want to align who you are, the work that you do with what you're passionate about? This is the key. I wish that, I wish that school, I wish that, I wish culture to, like talked about this. To me, this is the secret 
that shouldn't be a secret. I've only said this, how many times have I said this? A hundred times, a thousand times in a thousand videos? I want you to know that I love the question. I'll keep answering the question as long as you guys keep asking it. This is the key. You've also heard there's the nine to five, but there's also the five to nine. I'm gonna leave you with this one last thing. You get what you must have. You rarely get what you should have. This is a quote from my friend El Luna. Um, the Intersection of Should and Must, it's a great book. Um, is it Intersection, is that right? Whatever, Intersection of Should and Must. What is it? Crossroads, Crossroads, Crossroads of Should and Must. El Luna, E-L-L-E. Um, you get what you must have. And if you just should have more time to do the things you want, you will never get there. You need to make it a must. This is something that, that has to do with the fibers of your being and Metallica. Um, but in, unless you can compartmentalize those things in a way where your focus and passion and energy are directed to the thing you want to be and become in this world, it's going to be much harder for you to get there. Dream big, right? That's the thing. It's like there's so much. I get so excited for you because you're not actually living your dream right now and you're going to take this and you're going to apply it. And then what I want is another voicemail in like six months where it's like, it says, holy shit, Chase, I did what you said and you know what, it worked. I get those emails every single day. Maybe we can start surfacing those. Maybe we should. Anyway, awesome question, Megan. Thank you very much. Question coming in from Natasha. Let's hear it. Ready, three, two, one. Hey, Chase, my name is Natasha. My um, photography company is Najo Photography. Mm -hmm. And I'm on Instagram at Najo underscore photography okay. underscore designs. Got it. Um, my question is, um, I have been published a grand total of 11 times. Nice. Um, through independent magazines and also um, some a couple of regular magazines, but not like Cosmo or... Um, Something like that, or Vogue, or sure, whatever. Yeah, that is. National big deal. Um, I get it. And I'm just wondering, what's the next step for that? Um, how do I get magazines like Vogue and Cosmo and um, Marie Claire to yep. um, pay attention to my work? Love it. Um, Love because it. I've, like Got I say, it. I've been published through everything, and I don't pay to be published. I'm actually, they actually seem to like my work yeah. and accept my work. Got it. Um, if you can answer that for me, that would be great. Got it. Okay, Natasha. And this, again, this is not just a question that Natasha needs answering. This is all like, how, how do we get our work in other places and get hired in those places? And the, the answer is the same. I'm going to give you, Natasha, a couple specific things that I want you to do. And you all are going to be able to extrapolate how this applies to your world, regardless if you're trying to get your photographs in magazines or trying to do something different. So specifically, and this is, this is the part that's the same for everybody, is you need to deconstruct how these magazines hire people, who does the hiring, aka who makes the choices and writes the checks, and find a way to get your work in front of those people. Now it's also, it's very critical to understand that you need to understand that they're, they have a certain bar, a certain threshold. Remember the first thing that we all need to, to focus on is craft because we need to get good at something and good enough uh, so that we can honestly make sure that the work that we're doing is on par with the work that you're seeing out there. In this case, she's talking about Cosmo or Marie Claire or whatever. But the same is true for you and, and what, whoever you are out there listening with other, uh, other industries. But for you, Natasha, 
deconstruct who the photo editors are, who the photo buyers are, who are the photographers that are getting hired, what are they doing, how can you get in front of the, the people who hire photographers at those publications. The, the total pool of magazines that you mentioned and ones that I think are on the magazine shelf and analogous or similar, it's, it's hundreds, it's not tens of thousands. And if you want your work there, which is a great way to A, B, seen and B, to be able to use that and leverage that into getting bigger commercial clients or whatever, this is, this is the strategy. You, you want to have the people who are doing that work, the photo editors, the, and, and you, you can see it. It's in the masthead of the magazine. It's online. You can actually buy access to mailing lists and whatnot to find out who these people are. And then there are a number of things you should do. You should make sure that the work that you are shooting looks like the work that they're hiring but has a unique angle. What are you doing that's different, not just better. If you can be better, that's great, but what's different or unique? and make sure that they know who you are. There's all kinds of ways to do that. Um, I've talked about email, um, I've talked about social sort of stalking and getting your work out there. Follow them, like their posts, like their comments on all of the social channels, because I promise you, these are human beings that are making human level decisions. You need to find a way to get on their radar. Go to trade shows. These people often go to trade shows. Find out what they're into and get into the same thing. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get hired by a giraffe trainer, a magazine editor, or a, an entrepreneur, or Elon Musk from, at, at SpaceX. You need to be on their radar. And you do it by being around them, following them on social, making sure they're familiar with your work such that when it comes time to hire another photographer or to buy a shoot or to, or sorry, buy a license an image, that they have your work in mind when they do that. There's only one way, repetition. Make sure they know who you are. Be in as many places as that person is looking. Simple as that. All right, so that answers your question, I hope, um, Natasha. And again, don't just think of your world if, if you're not a photographer trying to get into Marie Claire Cosmo. There is everything that you need to know in tracking down your customers in that question, so pay attention. Thank you. Hey, Chase. My name is Xavier Thomas, uh, at Art Like Us on Instagram and all over the internet. But my question is about uh, concert photography. What's the norm for contacting publicists and, and different contacts for these artists to shoot these concerts? And how should I go about finding out who these people are? Awesome. All right. Xavier, is that what his name was? Xavier, great question. Question, if you couldn't hear, it was a little bit jumbled. Uh, and I think you're doing an Instagram Live right now, aren't you? All right. So the Instagram Live folks, if you couldn't hear this, he was asking about concert photography. How do I get started? How do I have a relationship with these folks? Start small, but start. Like all this pontificating, wondering, like you have a camera, are you going to a show? Are you, I don't care if you're buying a ticket, a $9, $10 ticket to go to the local show. You need to start taking pictures because the area that you're talking about working in is very specialized. It's hard to break into. It's hard to make real money. And I'm, I'm just setting these things up for you. Like this is the reality of the situation that you're asking me to do. I don't know if you want to make a living and a life doing this stuff or if this is a hobby, but it's very hard to break into and it's very hard to make money. I want that to cue one of two things in you. You either go, well, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm, this is the thing I'm doing. I wanna do this more than anything and I'm gonna do what it takes and if it's hard, that's awesome because there's gonna be less competition. 
thing two would be like, oh my God, Chase says it's hard to make money and break in. I don't want to do that. If Chase says it's hard, it's really hard. Great. Then don't do something. Go do something else because you didn't really want it bad enough. Let's pretend you're in the first camp. You want it. You're like, I don't care. I'm going to do this. This is my calling in life. If that's the case, start small. Start taking pictures, buy the $10 ticket, work your ass to the front of the road, the thing, you're getting smashed in, you're taking those photographs. What can you do to A, get great at your craft? Um, B, go there all the time, not just on the Friday and Saturday night shows, shoot all of the shows, because you gotta put in time to master your craft. If you're just another sort of low to medium level concert photographer, no money, no game, it's not gonna happen for you. It might be fun, and you might be able to get a couple free shows out of the deal, but I'm not assuming that that's your goal. I'm assuming that you wanna be the best. Um, and I could be wrong, so take this with a grain of salt. But if you wanna be the best, you have to, how are you then so known that the first club that you start, you, do you know the owners, do you know the sound guys, do you know the bands that are coming, how into it are you? Are you doing the other 50%? This freaking thing comes up in every single episode, this video that I put out called The Other 50%, you should watch that. Are you doing the other 50%? Then, it, go beyond that one club. Are you the, 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 the guy who's known, like, oh man, I, I, got, I got, the Pixies are coming, I want Xavier to shoot it. You have to become that guy, and the way you do it is you're there all the time. This just showing up, you've heard that just showing up is half the game. You have to have talent, you have to be skilled, you have to have all those things, but just being so relentless with your pursuit of the thing is incredible, which made me want to cue a book called The Happiness of Pursuit, as opposed to In Pursuit of Happiness, by my man Chris Gillibo. It's a great idea to read that book. I think it tells you how much value and how much pull you can feel when you're pursuing something that makes you happy. So concert photography should make you very happy because it's gonna be a long road. Now let's just assume, I don't wanna get out in front of myself, but you need to, if you're not like the guy in Atlanta or the guy in, in, um, in Seattle and the music scene to, that everyone wants to shoot their stuff, that is, that's probably like, what do you think guys, like two years, a year, year or two years worth of work? probably two years of going to all the shows. And if that sounds whack to you, quit. Don't even start. Or just dabble. Because that is, or if you're, again, if you're trying to just get some free tickets, you can do that with, you know, five, six, eight shows. You know the doorman. You, but if you really want to break in, like Rolling Stone, all that kind of stuff, that's how you have to do it. If you do that thing, you are the guy in, in um, what's the music town in Tennessee? Nashville. Nashville. If you're the guy in Nashville, people will be calling you, okay? You will know who's coming. The bands will be looking out for you. That's when you start to sort of spread your wings to the Rolling Stones, to the music blogs, to Fader, to, um, help me, other music blogs. Anyway, that's, I've said enough. I think you have it in you. I heard, I heard passion. It was muffled in your voice there. I heard it. I want you to do a gut check on how bad you want it. All these things apply. Watch the other 50% watch the other 50% video and then go do the work. Be patient. 2 years from now, if I'm wrong, you I'll, I'll take you out to dinner. Come find me. I'll take you out to beautiful dinner. I think I'm right. Hello? Hey Julian, it's Chase Jarvis. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I think I might be a little bit later than I thought I was supposed to be. Sorry about that. But uh, I understand you got a question for me. We're recording you. I'm super happy to have you on the show, and I want to be helpful. So fire away. Okay. Helpful is good. Um, 
So it's kind of a question that's pretty simple, but I know a lot of people struggle with. Yep. How can I learn to feel good about the work that I create? Ah, if I could answer this definitively, I would be a very wealthy man because I would have, yeah. I would have smoothed out a lot of pain for a lot of people over centuries. Um, so let me, let me ask you a couple a follow-up question here. So presumably you're saying like you make something and then a little bit later you look at it and you're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? Is that a, is that a common theme? <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of times for me at least it happens in the process of a project. Got it. Too. All right, so there's, I got two, two directions I want to take this. First of all, there's this arc of a project, like this is a great idea, and then the next step is, I'm not quite so sure about this, and the next one is, oh my God, this great idea sucks, and then it's, I suck, and then you put a little, you keep putting the effort in, and you're like, wait a minute, I can see the, the light at the end of the tunnel, everything's going to be okay, oh my God, I'm okay, and this piece of work is pretty good. And no, it's, no, notice it's not like, well, and, and if it does turn out good, then you're like, not just pretty good, then, oh my God, this is awesome, I'm so glad I pushed through. So on each sort of project level, and I think, you know, James Victory has talked a lot about this, he's a famous designer, I don't know if you know him or not, um, there's this, oh, Austin Kleon, um, you know, the guy who wrote Sh uh, Show Your Work, um, and what else did he write? Show Your Work and Steal Like an Artist. Those are two really great books if you haven't checked that out. But he's got a really funny graph that, that sort of covers this, the emotional arc that creators go through on any individual project. So I want you to check, check out Austin, um, and I think I'm kind of paraphrasing that little, that journey. But... So while you're in the process, that is part of the process. And I would also say that if you don't get into something where you're annoyed at the details and they're frustrating and painful, mm -hmm. then you really haven't gotten into it. And if you're just sort of glossing yeah. on the surface, you're bouncing across the surface, then you're probably not getting into it enough to make something that's amazing. And so I would uh -huh. say try and, try and get used to that arc on every project. I don't think it ever yeah. goes away if you're putting as much effort into it as you should. So that's okay. one, one thing that I want you to pay attention to. And again, I gave you a couple resources there. Another thing that I think is, um, is, is very valuable is understanding, you know, for that thing, you, you, say you make it, you go through that arc and you put it out there and then two or three weeks later, you look back and you're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? And I, yeah. I, how long have you been um, creating stuff and putting it out of the world? Or are, are you a professional, an amateur? How long have you been at it? Uh, I'm, I'm actually a professional photographer. Okay. And I've been, been putting stuff out in the world for maybe five or six years. Okay, cool. I'd say I've only been good, maybe okay, for like a year and a half. Got it. With that. All right, so um, th that's helpful. So this process, if you've been doing that for a couple years, this process, especially in that sort of first five, you know, zero through five years when you've considered yourself okay, that, that the pain after you put something out in the world is greater in the first few years because you're still experimenting with your personal style. You're still um, learning to be okay with making yourself vulnerable, vulnerable. You're still learning that process of exposing that raw side of yourself and taking criticism and whatnot. And it is a muscle. You use it more, you get stronger. 
So that's one of the reasons I continue to encourage people to put to ship stuff. It's like in the startup world, just ship the product, wake up and make something every day and get it out there in the world because it's a muscle and you will, this, yeah, this is my belief and what was true for me was I had that same critical eye every just like few weeks after I put something out like, oh my God, what was I doing? Yeah. And when you're earlier on in your career, you're learning so fast that you, knew, you know something two or three or four weeks later that you didn't know when you put that last thing out there and then you would have approached yeah. it differently. And there's, a, okay. and, and there's this guy called Ira Glass who uh, you, should, uh -huh. yeah, you should pay attention to Ira Glass. There's this thing called the creative gap. The creative gap is yeah. the, the distance between what you can see in your mind's eye and what you can actually make. And over time, as you can start to make the thing that you actually see in your eye, as you're, you mature as a creative, all that anxiety that we're talking about here, it never fully goes away, because I still got it, um, but it, yeah. it's dramatically reduced. And mm -hmm. at, at, at the end of the day, the thing that, you know, I think the punchline to this advice that I'm giving you is, and you can hear it, right? It's just, you gotta keep doing the work. And the thing that I yeah. don't want you to do is let this anxiety or fear or this process of looking back and saying, oh my God, I'm so much better than I was two weeks ago. Don't let that stop you or slow you down from creating. If anything, okay. if, if anything, let this advice just when times get sketchy and you're freaked out at three in the morning, you're staring at your ceiling going, oh my God, I can't believe I put that piece of junk out in the world. Remember this conversation. Okay. One thing um, from that I always wonder is a lot of times, and I know it happens with a lot of people, that pops up when you're looking at other people doing work like yours. Yes. And there will always be people doing work like yours. You will be ripped off. I've been blatantly ripped off, and I've sometimes been ripped off, and <laughs> someone does it better than I did it. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. But that's, like, that's part of the process as well. That's part of putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. Now, the thing about other people copying you is that is that should well, be not copying, copying, but like, just doing I the same think, stuff. Like looking at other people and judging yourself based off of how amazing they are. Yeah, I've got a, this isn't. There's a couple previous episodes of Daily Creative where I talked about this, and what I want you to do is I want you to look at the work. There's a blog post that I did called "Why Comparing Yourself to Others Is the Best and Worst Thing You Can Do." The best part of okay. that is you get to be honest with yourself about where your work stacks up to other people who are really good in the industry. And so that's where you should okay. com be comparing. But remember, I'm talking about comparing your work, not yourself, and not your self-worth. That's a very important okay. distinction. So just know that if you keep working, in the same way that if you keep lifting weights or keep running or training, you're gonna continue to get stronger. The same is true for the creative process. It's a habit. You strengthen that muscle. And uh, you will uh -huh. be able to, to transcend the, the jealousy, the frustration, all that stuff. And again, it is good to compare your work, just not your self-worth. I believe in you. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Man, well, that, that um, I got to wrap up. I think we're short on time now. Julian, I want to say thanks a lot for calling The Daily Creative. Um, if you have any other questions, keep calling me back. And ultimately, I'm looking for, in my social feeds, for how this will have impacted you. So yeah. check in with me here in a few weeks or a month or two, and uh, I will be on that shit if I see your post in the social world. Okay, wonderful. Thank awesome. you so much. Of course, man. Thanks a lot. Keep making. Will do. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. See you, bud. 
All right, do we have time for two, or is that a, is that a one 10-minute jobber? We got time for one more? Uh, Just it? We're one. Just one. All right, friends, uh, thanks, Julian, again for calling in. If you want to, well, A, I think the, there's so many questions out there but you better be learning from my answers to Julian. And if, if I can answer your question specifically, that's great. But I, I hope you're picking up that, that there are so many people that share the same challenges that you do. That's the thing about the Daily Creative. It's like a crit in art class where you get to hear everyone else's problems. My hope is that it makes you feel better because you realize that there are other people and that you can learn from anything, from anywhere, from everybody. Um, so shout out to Julian for calling in. Uh, if you want your question on the show, it's a very simple thing. Just dial 802-962-4357. There's a little vo voicemail there. Leave your message. Sometimes, like today, I will love your message and I will call you back and we can have a little bit more of a conversation about it. Sometimes I just answer the voicemail, but that's how you get your question on the show. All right, that about wraps it up. But before I let you go, I want to say A, a huge thank you. B, let you know how to find me. I'm basically at Chase Jarvis all over the internet on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm very active on Snapchat. You guys should check it. If that's a platform that you enjoy, uh, check me out there, as well as all the other ones. It's a super important ask for you to share this also. Uh, subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, and or Stitcher. And most definitely, if you're willing to put in a little bit of extra juice, please leave a review on iTunes. That helps make our podcast more visible. Last place that you can check it out and, and get some additional value is in my newsletter, which is chasejarvis.com slash VIP. That is where I put content out before it hits my social platform. So that's sort of the insider track. Leave comments all over the internet for me. I will track them down and respond as best I can. And uh, again, huge thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'm looking forward to the next episode already. I hope you'll join me next time.